0: bridge to terabithia chapter 11 no something whirled around inside jess's head he opened his mouth but it was dry and no words came out he jerked his head from one face to the next for someone to help him finally his father spoke his big rough hand stroking his wife's hair and his eyes downcast watching the motion they found the burke girl this morning down in the creek No, he said, finding his voice. Leslie wouldn't drown. She could swim real good. That old rope you kids been swinging on broke. His father went quietly quietly and relentlessly on. They think she must have hit her head on something when she fell. No, he shook his head. No, his father looked up. I'm real sorry, boy. No, Jess was yelling now. I don't believe you. You're lying to me. He looked around again wildly for someone to agree but they all had their heads down except maybelle whose eyes were wide with terror but leslie what if you die no he said straight at maybelle it's a lie leslie ain't dead he turned around and ran out the door letting the screen bang sharply against the house he ran down the gravel to the main road and then started running west away from washington and millsburg in the old perkins place An approaching car beeped and swerved and beeped again, but he hardly noticed. Leslie, dead, girl, friend, rope, broke, fell, you, you, you. The words exploded in his head like corn against the sides of a popper. God, dead, you, Leslie, dead, you. He ran until he was stumbling, but kept on, afraid to stop, knowing somehow that running was the only thing that could keep Leslie from being dead. It was up to him; he had to keep going. Behind him came the baripity of the pickup pickup, but he couldn't turn around. He tried to run faster, but his father passed him and stopped the pickup just ahead, then jumped out and ran back. He picked up, he picked Jess up in his arms as though he were a baby. For the first few seconds, Jess kicked and struggled against the strong arms. Then Jess gave himself over to the numbness that was buzzing to be let out from the corner of his brain. He leaned his weight upon the door of the pickup and let his head thud-thud against the window. His father drove stiffly without speaking, though once he cleared his throat as though he were going to say something. But he glanced at Jess and closed his mouth. When they pulled up at the house, his father sat quietly and Jess could feel the man's uncertainty. He So he opened the door and got out, and with the numbness flooding through him, went in and lay down on his bed. He was awake, jerked suddenly into consciousness in the black stillness of the house. He sat up, stiff and shivering, although he was fully dressed from his windbreaker down to his sneakers. He could hear the breathing of the little girls in the next bed strangely loud and uneven in the quiet some dream must have awakened him but he could not remember it he could only remember the mood of dread it had brought with it through the curtainless window he could he could see the lopsided moon with hundreds of stars dancing in brilliant attendance it came into his mind that someone had told him that Leslie was dead but He knew now that that had been part of the dreadful dream. Leslie could not die any more than he himself could die. But the words turned over uneasily in his mind, like leaves stirred up by a cold wind. If he got up now and went down to the old Perkins place and knocked on the door, Leslie would come and open it and P.T. jumping at her heels like a star around the moon. It was a beautiful night perhaps they could run over the hill and across the fields to the stream and swing themselves into terabithia they had never been there in the dark but there was enough moon for them to find the way into the castle and they and he could tell her about his day in washington and apologize it had been so dumb of him not to ask leslie if leslie could go too he and leslie and miss Edmonds could have had a wonderful day different of course from the day he and Miss Edmonds had had, but still good, still perfect. Miss Edmonds and Leslie liked each other a lot. It would have been fun to have Leslie along. I'm really sorry, Leslie. He took off his jacket and sneakers and crawled under the covers. I was dumb not to think of asking. It's okay, Leslie would say. I've been to Washington a thousand times. Did you ever see the buffalo hunt? Somehow it was the one thing in all Washington that Leslie had never seen. So he could tell her about it, describing the tiny beasts hurling to destruction. His stomach felt suddenly cold. It had something to do with the buffalo, with falling, with death, with the reason he had not remembered to ask if Leslie could go with them to Washington today. You know, something weird, he would say. What? Leslie asked. I was scared to come to Terabithia this morning. The coldness threatened to spread up from his stomach. He turned over and lay on it. Perhaps it would be better not to think about Leslie right now. He could go and see her first thing in the morning and explain everything. He could explain it better in the daytime when he had shaken off the effects of his unremembered nightmare. He put it amid the remembering in the day in Washington Working on details of pictures and statues, dreading up the sound dredging up the sound of Miss Edmund's voice, recalling his own exact words and her exact words. Occasionally into the corner of his mind, mind's vision would come a sensation of falling, but he pushed it away with a view of another picture or sound of a conversation. Tomorrow he must share it all with Leslie the next thing he was aware of was the sun streaming in through the window the little girls bed was only rumped, rumpled covers and there was movement and quiet talk from the kitchen lord poor miss bessie he'd forgotten about her last night and now it must be late he felt for his sneakers and shoved his feet o- over the heels without trying tying the laces his mother looked up quickly from the stove at the sound of him her face was set for a question but she just nodded her head at him the coldness began to come back. I forgot Miss Bessie. Your daddy's milking her. I forgot last night too. She kept nodding her head. Your daddy did it for you. But it wasn't an accusation. You feel like some breakfast? Maybe that was why his stomach felt so odd. He hadn't had anything to eat since the ice cream Miss Edmonds had bought them at Millsburg on the way home. Brenda and Ellie stared up at him from the table. The little girls turned from the cartoon show at show at the tv to look at him and then turned quickly back he sat down on the bench his mother put a plateful of pancakes in front of him he couldn't remember the last time she had made pancakes he doused them with syrup and began to eat they tasted marvelous you don't even care do ya brenda was watching him from across the table he looked at her puzzled his mouth full if jimmy dix died i wouldn't be able to eat a bite The coldness curled up from inside of him and flopped over. Will you shut your mouth, Brenda Ahrens? His mother sprang forward, the pancake turner held threatening high. Well, Mama, he's just sitting there eating pancakes like nothing happened. I'd be crying my eyes out. Ellie was looking first at Mrs. Ahrens and then at at Brenda. Boys ain't supposed to cry at times like this, are they, Mama? Well, it don't seem right for him to sit there eating like a brood sow i'm telling you brenda if you don't shut your mouth he could hear them talking but they were further away than the memory of the dream he ate and chewed and he swallowed and when his mother put three more pancakes on his plate he ate them too his father came in with the milk he poured it carefully into the empty cider jugs and put them into the refrigerator then he washed his hands at the sink and came to the table as he passed jesse put a hand lightly on the boy's shoulder He wasn't angry about milking. Jess was only dimly aware that his parents were looking at each other and then at him. Mrs. Aarons gave Brenda a hard look and gave Mr. Aarons a look at which to say that Brenda was to keep quiet. But Jess was only thinking of how good the pancakes had been and hoping his mother would put down some more in front of him. He knew somehow that he shouldn't ask for more, but he was disappointed that she didn't give him give him any. He thought then that he should get up and leave the table, but he wasn't sure where he was supposed to go or what he was supposed to do. Your mother and I thought we ought to go down to the neighbors and pay respects. His father declared his throat, cleared his throat. I think it would be fitting for you to come too. He stopped again, seeing you was the one that really knowed the little girl. Jess tried to understand what his father was saying to him, but he felt stupid what little girl he mumbled it. Knowing it was wrong, the wrong thing to ask, Ella and Brenda, Ellie and Brenda both gasped. His father leaned down to the table and put his big hand on top Jess's head. He gave his wife a quick troubled look, but she just stood there, her eyes full of pain, saying nothing. "Your friend Leslie is dead, Jessie. You need to understand that." Jess slid his hand, hand out from under his father's. He got up from the table i know it ain't an easy thing jess could hear his father speaking as he went into the bathroom he came back out with his windbreaker on you ready to go now his father got up quickly his mother took off her apron and patted her hair Maybelle jumped up from the rug i want to go too she said i ain't never seen dead person before no maybell sat down no Maybelle sat down again as though slapped down by her mother's voice We don't even know where she's laid out yet, Maybelle, Mr. Aaron said in a more gentle tone.